0: It is 2953 of the Third Age. Erebol has been reclaimed. Saron has fled from Mirkwood into Mordor to begin his pursuit for the One Dream. And the last meeting of the White Council has tasked Gildor and Glorian with assembling a fellowship to stop Umbarian pirates from assembling ancient artifacts from a Second Age prophecy. Join the players of this Adventures of Middle-Earth Dungeons and Dragons campaign as they unravel the mysteries of the prophecy. Welcome to Arda in part one of the Inglorian Bastards trilogy, Search for Trollhara Alright, welcome to episode 50, I can't believe we're here, uh, of the Inglorian Bastards campaign. Uh, I have the, the privilege of having the entire original cast back with me. So, I have Christian, who my brother, who played the elf Angolin. I have Josh, my friend and, and almost neighbor, who, who played the woodman uh, Riken. Marco and Max, uh, the two brothers. Uh, Marco played Faradir, the Dunedine. Wait, you guys
1: it- are brothers? Oh, oh shit, man.
0: I <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> So so uh, Marco played of the Dunedain, and Max played Tessero, the the Hobbit. And uh, we have Spriggs uh, with us, who played Burn the Dwarf. So welcome back, guys.
1: Good to be back. I'm the only person in this entire party that doesn't give by their first name. That's true. That's <laughs> shame. That's just you standing out.
0: Man. I'm just continuing the tradition. Up. I hope that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, so, so guys, um, I just wanted to throw some statistics back at you here, uh, or not really statistics, more like, like factoids. So... It is now, we were recording this in July of 2019. We started uh, part one, or arc one, however you want to say it, of the trilogy uh, Search for Tola Arasea back in June of 2017. Holy shit. Can you believe it's been two years?
1: Yeah, it does not seem like it was that long ago. Time flies.
0: And, um, you know, part of that, I think, is because we, you know, we took, we actually took a fair amount of time off. So we took off september october november and december took off four Mm -hmm. months between part one and part two um and then and then then we ended up playing straight through part two and part three so you know really we've only been done playing for about a year Uh,
1: crazy yeah we played for a long time and i actually missed some of it towards the end there too didn't i you did, but... We had, c- like, a couple sessions where some people could be there and others couldn't, and we just kind of... It made story to sense for me, to not, for, for me to not be there, though. I guess, you know, Riken was sort of out, of out of it for a bit there. Yeah. You had the absolute <laughs> shittiest luck of anybody in the party. <laughs> he was only mostly dead. It's a twist. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, I, I mean... mean the bad that could happen. Shittiest, then,
0: you know, the shittiest but also, like, I don't know. Like, I, I think I would argue that Riken actually set everything into motion, kind of. <laughs> in a good way in a bad way
1: i mean i, I was i always think back on this too it's like the, the i always felt guilty like the whole i felt like the whole party was at fault for, for a lot of this and I, mean, I guess it's kind of true like part of the story right we performed the ritual that set the whole shitstorm in motion didn't we yeah I mean, that, was, man. <laughs> you know, that was kind of like <laughs> i kind of felt, i always felt kind of responsible for
0: that but i mean you get i guess we kind of have to ask ourselves like uh you know just like we 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 talk, you know we think about sort of how much free will do we actually have in like the real world it's kind of like you know if you're trying to prevent something from happening like are and you, you causing are you causing it just are you yeah. like get inching closer to that thing that you're trying to avoid you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I have a few questions here that I just want to I want to throw out there, and um, it can just be like uh, you know it can be kind of a free for all or a buffet style podcast. So we'll uh, and I've asked you each one of you guys this individually at the various points that I've interviewed you, but I guess of this first part, this first arc, uh, search for Tola Arisea um is there is there any uh like favorite parts that that you guys want to throw out there
1: um as far as like a personal moment with my character i really liked because i was so inept at combat the whole thing i remember i was chasing somebody um and i basically just you know it wasn't even like a, a normal combat maneuver i asked you if i could like run and slide off of this ledge and, like, land and incapacitate this guy. And you were basically like, yeah, it's going gonna, gonna to take a pretty good roll, though. And I just remember nailing the roll, and it was, like, so surprising because <laughs> I had been so lackluster prior to
0: that. So well, that was, I really enjoyed that moment. That was pretty early on, actually. So we weren't sure, like, how the characters were going to end up at that point, I think. Yeah, yeah. I
1: just know uh, I I was struggling early on in our fights, just learning to play. It was a, it was a different character than what I was used to playing, but I thought that was a fun moment. It's cool. funny too because I, I feel like Ryken struggled a lot too in combat. Like he, I mean, he played with loaded dice, the worst loaded. Right. dice. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know but You know, it made so much sense in the long run. It all, it really all kind of came together. Like he just, he was, he like struggled so much and he struggled to be useful in combat. Although I think, like, his best combat moment was, like, and I say this is like, o- online air quotes here, like, scurrying up the cliff to pull that dude off the cliff, <laughs> like, which which actually took, like, three turns.
0: <laughs> oh, do you remember oh I, remember? I remember. You guys, you guys were at Air Door's End, I think, right?
1: Yeah, I think so. We were like, <laughs> I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to climb up the cliff and pull the guy down by his ankle, and you're like, well, the cliff's like 20 feet high. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> at the speed three turns, we're going to do it. I, I think for Vernon, it wasn't even, like, a single moment. It was, like, playing this almost real story or like history of, you know, this forgotten character. Definitely and, a cool arc too. Yeah. You know, the, the character building behind him, there's so much depth to it and you know it's not even all revealed yet. And that's what's so great about it. Yeah. yeah I, I, I agree. I think that that kinda like that kinda like applies to the whole campaign in general. Like I I felt like the, the whole campaign kinda came across as, like, a forgotten tale. Like, it, it, yeah, you know, that's a credit to you, Jared, for fitting it in so well. I mean, you think you fit it into the existing lore so well that at the end, in particular at the end, it kind of came across as this, as this, like, this great tale that happened that no one ever really told anybody about, you know? Like, in the history of Middle Earth, like, no one ever really spoke of this thing that happened because it kind of always just happened behind the scenes, even though it was pretty epic in the, in, in the long run, you know?
0: Doesn't it, it makes you, it makes you wonder on uh, all those sort of, those gaps that Tolkien left, like, how many of these, these adventures actually happen? Yeah,
1: I, well, and I think that's great. The way that you set up your story, too, is, like, um, Tolkien stories have a knack for, like, leaving you wanting more, or, like, more tidbits about certain characters or what certain adventures might have been. And I think there was a lot, especially with the characters that um, some of these guys developed, and there was just a lot of breadcrumbs that, you know, made you want more, which... You know, we get down the line
0: with the second third installment but yeah for sure so i, I gotta be honest um you know i've i've started thinking like prequel <laughs> so like we're, the prequel we're, to the prequel. <laughs> so, so we're you know we're not even we're, we're just finishing the first arc we have two more arcs to go so another 100 episodes probably <laughs> um and, and i'm already thinking like um, you know, we just scratched just the tip of Terradon and who he was and how he even came to this knowledge of, of his wager. Um, yeah. And, and you know, there couldn't be a better time to play a prequel uh, than maybe when the uh, Amazon series that is set in the second age comes out. Um, so I, that, I'm just to let you guys know, I'm already thinking of this like a year or two Sorry down the line. Now, yeah. <laughs>
1: the recruiting pitch.
0: Or, yeah. um, I'm going to just expand that first question, so in case anybody else wants to chime in, um, I, I asked about sort of favorite parts, but but you could expand that. Favorite battles, favorite NPCs, favorite items, anything you want to, you know, if there's, there's something that maybe you haven't gotten a chance to talk about, or something that had just come to mind. You know, My so, bitch
1: was the best NPC.
0: <laughs> best. Grimwald was the best NPC <laughs> of the game. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm all it. in on Goldberry
1: and Tesserow.
0: Marco. Mark, Marco, go ahead. I remember what's his name? Grimold. I remember Grimold like biting me twenty times or something. Oh like that. no, that was that was that was was that Tarmanoth or was that yeah, Gr- right. Grim
1: it was both oh, no. of them, because he turned into Tom Mouth after he killed the first Tom yeah, yeah, yes, he did. Yeah. <laughs> we, we did it, like, 20 times. It was only the last time that I got infected. Yeah.
0: I was so I, happy.
1: <laughs> I think yeah, but, kid was, like, the only one that never got infected, right?
0: Yep. Yeah, he was the only one that didn't get uh, bit or, or infected in some way. I think just bit. I, I have yeah. to ask, was that whole thing washed out before Grimwald became my little... Yeah, so, so the idea originally was to infect one of you in the original battle. And when it didn't happen, I remember talking to Vic right after that. Um, Greymold did your your squire, I should say. You call him your bitch, which I'm really nervous about on this podcast. I'll be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, but but anyway, uh, so he was your squire officially, uh, and he did get bit, and I and I ended up um, con- contacting Vic and being like, look. Uh, so we're going to say that Grimmel got infected and I don't know if you guys remember this, but you gave, you guys gave me a lot of shit for this. Cause I, I quote unquote slipped, uh, when I said we were rolling perception rolls and I'm, and we were talking about Grimmel and I said, um, do you smell anything? Do you guys remember this? And, and, and you guys were like, what do you mean smell? Ha, ha you, you know, like what, what were you thinking? So, so very early on, like, he was transforming already. Uh, at night when you guys would be asleep, he would go out and be aff- infecting people, right? Like, that was the plan. Um, but yeah, he was already, like, he already had keen senses of a canine. And, uh, so as early as the Fords of Aizen, he was already starting to, to have these keen senses. I thought,
1: um, I thought the whole uh, Tesseros cloak thing was a really cool Oh I god! i that. Yeah. I'm for that. Yeah, shaping character, I think, in the, you know, the second and third parts which is oh, oh also <laughs> he receives the cloak and instantly turns into a tree yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: oh i laughed a lot at the time yeah christian uh, had some some great one-liners in in this whole i mean some of your uh his comments about the urukai <laughs> like oh it's, dude it's i terrible.
1: was i laughed about that the for weeks stuff. after we did that 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 stupid picture that somebody <laughs> sent of him, of him staring at the urukai, and we were talking about where he was touching him with the handprint. That <laughs> that got me so good. I remember I made that while you guys were talking, and I was just like, I gotta, I gotta send this in right now. And, uh, <laughs> like, it like I just. So well. I just want that scene on the extended, extended editions of The Two Towers.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. man. Well, you know, I, I haven't done a lot of editing uh, in terms of, you know, they, um, when a bunch of when a bunch of guys, n- nerdy guys get together and we're sitting around playing Dungeons & Dragons, somebody's going to make, uh, you know, comments that, that might be offensive to some people. So And, and nobody means anything by it, but like, I, I haven't done a lot of editing, but I, I have like... I have kind of cut out pieces that I figure would... <laughs> I think what he's saying is he cut that part out. <laughs> oh, there have so been a, just a few parts that I've cut out, because obviously this this group doesn't mean any offense to anybody, especially you know uh, the whole, the bitch comment. Like, that was... Um, um, unfortunately, there are no females in this campaign, and it wasn't even directed toward a female, so um, I just want that out there. Uh,
1: we, we, ended up, we ended up changing it to Grimm old Son of Bitch," so.
0: <laughs> which I'm not sure is any better, really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> all right, so so moving on, let's. Um, if if you could think of like a, a an area of of the country that you guys traveled through that was like the most interesting or most flushed out, most like vivid in in your memory when you're remembering this campaign what um what would that be i remember the the massive trap
1: room where we all got spun on that like i don't i don't really remember for sure how you described it but like i have this image of it in my head of like the giant wheels on the floors and just getting smashed into the wall for some reason that always that always stuck with me i know it was like not even really a totally critical moment but the in my head the the, the space was like massive you know like i i pictured like this huge open area that we were underneath the tower you know <clears throat>
0: Yeah, so so that was that was in the catacombs of Orthanc, and um, Terradon had had protected his his last remaining his shield, the actual shield that that was sort of your last piece to collect before you could do the ritual, um, and uh, he had protected it with these elaborate traps, and one of them, the one you're talking about, was like a uh, was like a go round, right? Yeah. Um, that spun like <laughs> very fast. Very round. Very. Yeah. very And I think I think uh, Spriggs Byrne probably had like that was his. uh, That was my moment. Like
1: I was gonna have the greatest moment in the first arc, and then it and Vice just didn't want me to have (laughs) it. I just remember being like, like, and you get smashed into this wall over here. I was like, I'm going to ice pick this thing with my axe. It's going to be great. And,
0: uh, And you, not only did you get flung into the wall, but after you hit the wall, you fell back onto this thing and then ended up getting hit another wall and then eventually got thrown off. Yeah, I got ejected finally. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. And that that was the episode too that um Riken fell under uh like mind control of this illusion and uh oh, yeah. and, and ended up breaking him out with some pipe weed. Man, the
1: hardest part of this story was the whole Riken's dad thing. That was crazy. Yeah. I I telling you Riken's Riken's arc was so dark, man. <laughs> it was. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it's all you know. I, I, I like when we were talking about the favorite parts. Like that, that particular uh, like encounter was was definitely my favorite part as uh, for the character in particular. Like finding his, finding the bones of his father and his brother, and finding out his brother was insane, and then, then finding out that his father was tormented by this horrible creature. Like <laughs> oh, oh my god, he uh, like, you know. had so much loss in this campaign. Yeah, yeah how many times did your dog die?
0: Uh, uh, all the times. <laughs> yeah, every you know. time I gave him back to you, I want to just bring up like um, some of the, some of the creatures that you guys came across, right? Like um, we mentioned, Tarmanoth, the, the great wolf that was made in the likeness of the original werewolf, Karkaroth. Um We we talked about the Avathari that was didn't really have a name because it sort of was around before things got names um, that they they referred to as more Ulun. Um, the creature, yeah. built well, um, and then, and then there was the, arguably, like, the big bad, um, we don't want to give away the final big bad quite yet, but, the you know, the, the big bad of this campaign um, was also nameless at first, and through the second and the third arcs, he, he became named, and uh, we eventually named him uh, Gwarthaur, uh, which, which we'll, we'll bring up again, but, um, for, for you guys, like, which which of those creatures um, was the most visceral and, like, um, uh, ominous, I guess is the right word? For
1: Anglin, I think, um, not to take away from the other threats, but the, the creature in the well played, like, a direct impact in the story that kind of we built the character around. So I think that was, like... Most satisfying for me getting to play that and experience that. It's also a very Tolkien thing to do, right? I mean, the Tolkien narrative is like very specific, but there's always these. There's always these other things. There's always there's always more depth. There's no matter yeah. who you are. I mean, you're you know you're the Fellowship, like essentially saving the world. No matter who you are, there's always something beyond you out and then, there. Yeah, there's always like something small, yeah, exactly. And that was definitely a moment where it was like, yeah, okay, whatever we're doing here, this thing is like this thing's on a different level. Totally different, you know. Comes from a different place, different time, and, and that was cool. I love that. The Watcher, I think the Watcher is really cool.
0: Oh the, yeah, yeah. So the bridge the fight. <laughs> that's right. <great. laughs> that was. Uh, I think that was in a place called Tharbad, um, and just uh, right on the edge of. Um, where were we? Dunland, I think. Is that right? That was uh, that was one of Faradir's known lands. I think we were just getting back in his known lands. So yeah, I, were there, right? Yeah, you you actually, I think, encountered. Um, Style? Yeah, I think you. I think you encountered Aragorn uh, at some point. Yeah. yeah, I guess. Let me ask about. Um, throughout the the different arcs, I tried to throw different riddles at you. Um, And I, you know, riddles are probably not my strong suit, but but I I would dare say that the the very basis of the first arc was based on a riddle. And that that is, of course, Pterodons' wager. Um, We had that which which escaped the void, uh, that which uh, has the greatest gift, Um, that which is at the heart of us all, I think was one of the clues. And what was the, that which sees across the straight road, I think was one of them. So it was like the four points of Teradon's wager. Um, I I'm curious, you know, how long it took you to figure it out and, and was there, was there any one particular, you know, clue that sort of tipped you off to, to one of the, one of the pieces of the wager? Maybe I'm misremembering,
1: but I feel like we, I feel like we did a pretty good job, like picking up. At some at some point, it kind of dawned on all of us what was going on. Maybe i was just like misremembering it, though. But
0: I think I remember picking up on one or two of them early on, but some of them are a bit more fuzzy. Yeah, I think um, you probably like the second time we played. You guys ended up coming across both the Alindial stone and uh, Anguarel, the sword. Mm. Um, so you, so you had two of them right away. And then when you crossed over the Misty mountains, you guys ended up with uh, what I, what I shouldn't have called the Durin stone because there's already a Durin stone. It's that obelisk at the mirror mirror. Um, but it was the, it was sort of the sister stone to the Harkin stone. You remember that Byrne found?
1: Yeah, I thought that was a really cool
0: concept too. I should have come up with something a lot more creative for the name of that stone, but um. Uh, yeah. So you ended up with three of them right away. And then the fourth thing, I think it was Marco figured it out when you guys were in the catacombs and that was that, which has the greatest gift. So you guys, you, you told a story about the Halls of Mondos, remember, and how humans are not tied to this world? Oh,
1: that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You were the ones so to figure that like out. The gift of the Luvatar to mankind was actually death, or the the concept of moving on from this,
0: this world. Yeah. Well, let's move on to um, the last battle. It takes place at the Grey Havens. Um, you end up fighting this shadow creature who transforms into... Burin's, um We rolled for this, and burn was the one that it looked at when he first summoned the shadow creature, and it it, it kind of like like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. It picked Burren's worst fear. So uh, Spriggs, do you remember what the shadow creature turned into? A Balrog. Yeah, yeah, and and so Burin, uh ostensibly being the son of Balin. Um, who uh would have would have either had first hand knowledge of or secondhand knowledge of Durin's bane, which was the Balrog in Moria. Um and so you know, if if you had to really look inside of Burin and know what his greatest fear was, it probably would have been a Balrog. So this creature took the form of the Balrog in the final fight. And you got a clue as to how to close this portal to Tol Erysaya. You knew you had to close this portal and um, you knew you had to put an end to this Balrog in the shadow. And so what do you remember about that final battle? (laughs) I remember
1: jumping in. (laughs) That's all I remember. (laughs) (laughs) So I I just, I remember, I remember at some point just, I don't, I mean, like, I don't even think it was the right choice to to be honest. Like, uh, but just some, I was just committed, I was like, I'm going
0: in there, I guess. <laughs> like, that's, that's what this comes down to. Well, I think at one point, either, uh, Kierden or Gildor and Glorian had told the group that the ritualist needed to, uh, you know, essentially take one of the items through the portal. Was it the, the elf
1: one that the, they had held captive?
0: Oh, Irime. That's correct. The yeah, era. that was Irame. Yeah. And so Irime, um, He is a character uh, that that came from Adventures in Middle-Earth, who um, I believe is a Noldor elf um, who has ties to Amon. She was kind of making a pilgrimage through Middle-Earth proper, and you guys met her early on in your, uh, actually in a couple of your origin sessions. Um, And she comes into this and, and acts as kind of like the the Phil Coulson catalyst when, when she's murdered on the ship, right? Like, uh, and, and of course, I'm making a Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. reference. You guys kind of get upset and, and start attacking the Umbarians and start battling the shadow and, and close the portal.
1: You were kind enough to provide something to keep me from uh, being too worthless during that fight. <laughs> <laughs> that, that epic uh, ballista was... Quite helpful for making Angolan
0: contribute. And it has quite the history. Do you remember? Uh, is The name of it was Guerist. And it came from Burrens people.
1: Did they make it as a, a
0: gift for the elves? Was it? They did. It came from the Blue Mountains. Uh, it was. Uh, I believe it was one of Thorin's company's uh, 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 grand ballistas that they they uh, gifted to the elves of Linden.
1: Yeah, I remember yeah. being possessed on, on. during the fight, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I remember that my my helm actually came in handy because it was fire resistant.
0: That's right you had a you had an ancient dwarven helm which uh, the dwarves of old used to wear into battle against um, the first some of the first dragons, right? The fire drakes. Yeah at the at the end of the battle um we have we have the umbarians defeated we have the portal closed we have the shadow we think defeated um and you guys are are sort of licking your wounds and um gildor and glorian and cured sort of bring you in and, and they say um your friend has trout has gone on to toll Eressea. Um, he has, he has, uh, basically taken a shortcut, if you can call it that, through this portal that you guys have opened by doing the ritual and he was stranded over in Toleracea. Um, it's actually much more complicated than that. And we'll find out more about that in, in part two, but you guys decide to get on a ship and sail across the straight road, um, to Toleracea, um, and they and during the battle, Keirdan actually whispers two words. They were Daggerath and Mormagil. Um, and at the time, did you guys know what what either of those were? Uh,
1: I think I had an idea. I had heard Mormagil before. I think, but the other, I was pretty in the
0: dark about. People thought I was the
1: Return of the Mormagil.
0: Well, it was you know the the second campaign is called Rise of the Mormagil, and you know I don't want to ruin anything, but you know it, it is. It is possible to take that more than one way because Faradir had yeah. had a black blade, right? And that's what More means is the black blade, right? So it could have been a reference to Turin Turnbar. It could have been that you were being called a new More right? I don't I'll give in, anything
1: away. To, uh, yeah, tune
0: in to find out. Uh, going forward in part two, Rise of the More McGill, um, I, I believe the only person that sat out uh, so far was Christian Anglin's character Yes, Anglin.
1: Yeah, he ended up. Uh, going back and studying uh, some of the libraries and some of the ancient tomes and stuff. So
0: The stone from Tyrion, the uh the uh, Elendil stone, was um, was tasked in your care, right? It was given yep. to you um, for eventually it actually does sail across the straight road with, I, I believe, Elrond, um, finally. And we will learn much more about all of the other characters uh, going forward in Part 2, Rise of the Mormon Miguel So Thank you guys for coming. I appreciate you taking the time to two years later recap this. All right, guys. Good night.
1: Have a good one, man. Good night. Let me know when it's time for the prequel.
0: All right. (laughs) (laughs) Though this marks the end of the episode, the road goes ever on. Until next time, join us at longwinded.one and consider giving us a review on Apple Music, Spotify, or really whichever platform you choose.